Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I am your host Paige and I am so excited that you guys are here with us after a week off. Our family got the stomach bug that I feel like everyone has right now, so... I hope you guys are not sick, but we are recovered all is well, so that is why we ended up taking last week off. But today, I am so, so excited to be bringing you a conversation with my new friend, Michelle Garrels. Michelle is someone that I look up to and respect so much in so many different areas, and I am truly just so just honored and grateful that she took the time to talk with me and pour into me and... I am so excited to continue forming a friendship with her, so she might be back on the podcast in the future. We'll see. But she is a wife and a mother to five. She homeschools her kids, which is part of what we're going to talk about today. She's just a really creative person and has blogged in the past and shares on Instagram a bit about their family's life. You may have actually heard of her husband, Josh Garrels, who is a musician who I know our family loves listening to, and that's actually how I found Michelle and her platform, and I think a lot of you guys listen to his music as well. Michelle and I had such a good time talking. We talked for like almost two hours that I actually decided to split up this interview into two parts. That way you guys can digest all of just the wisdom that she has to share, because I know this is going to be such an encouraging and inspiring conversation for you. So this week, we kind of get an overview of the early years of marriage and just kind of life for Michelle in her 20s. And she'll also share a bit about homeschooling and kind of what living seasonally looks like for their family. And then next week, we are going to talk a bit more about homemaking and interior design. We'll also talk about obedience and really the fruit of that and what that's looked like for her. So I'm so excited to share both this week's conversation and part two next week. I know you guys are going to love it. Well, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. I am so honored to be talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you, Paige. So it's fun. I like to start off every show by sharing how I got connected with the guest. And in your case, it's actually through your husband, Josh, who has just an amazing, what I would call ministry through his music. Mm-hmm. I have so many memories of um, just our family listening to his music in our home, especially when our first daughter was born. And so that is how I got connected to you. I think I found his music and then, you know, the strange world of Instagram. I like found your profile and thought, wow, I have so much to learn from this woman who's like living all of my dreams of homeschooling and gardening and all of these things. So I'm so (laughs) glad to be talking with you today. Yes, you too, Paige. So could you start out just by sharing a bit about your family, who you guys are, what you do and where you live? Okay. Well, um, so um, I'm Michelle and I'm a mother of five. Um, We have um, a daughter named Taryn, who's 13, a son named Shepard, who's 12, uh, another son, Peregrine, who is nine, Poppy just turned six last week, and um, Willow is three. So we currently we live in um, Michigan. We just lived here. We just moved here a little over a year ago. I guess it's about a year and a half now. And we just finally, after a lot of searching and praying, found a farm. So we live on 10 acres up in Michigan. And we're like, we ended up 10 minutes from where Josh grew up, which was not really like 
what we were planning, but it's been really amazing. And then we're like 20, 25 minutes from Lake Michigan. So we love being near a body of water. Water, So um, that's really wonderful. So we've got, you know, just in the last year and a half, um, gotten a lot of animals. We've never had any pets before except a betta fish that sat on the countertop in our kitchen in Portland and a couple of finches that lasted about six months in our house. And so <laughs> when we bought this farm, we um, inherited a barn cat named Princess and she came with that name. Actually, it's Princess Beyonce. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, um, and then we've since gotten another cat, two bunnies, three goats, and 12 chickens. So all wow. of a sudden we have this menagerie um, that we've kind of had a huge learning curve over the last year and a half of taking care of animals and everything. So it's been Yeah. Fun. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> you guys are living the like COVID homestead dream. You actually did it. That's amazing. I know. It was, the timing could not have been more perfect. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. Well, I can't wait to hear more about what that transition and just new experience has been like for you. But I am so excited to kind of pick your brain and just hear your story in a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of our listeners are in their 20s and kind of just starting out in marriage and motherhood and just are interested in a lot of the things that you and your family um, do and and have done. And so I would love to just kind of hear about your journey and start with the early years of marriage. Um, I know that I watched the documentary, is it called The Sea, The Sea in Between? Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. We love it. We've watched it a few times Um, (laughs) on YouTube, I think it is. And it was so honestly just amazing to hear about you and Josh and your story and how you like had this initial breakup that he kind of like alluded to. I think it can be so easy to look at couples and families who like serve as role models and somehow convince ourselves that they've never experienced anything hard and they just have had this perfect marriage and perfect, you know, whatever it is that we, that we aspire to have. And when you're in the thick of it, um, I think it's just reassuring to know that people have walked through different things. So I would love to hear um, what that season of life was like for you guys. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, It was such a whirlwind with just so much melodrama. And um, it's crazy kind of when we look at the beginning of our relationship and um, the time that we broke up and everything that like, I feel like we have this like very like peaceful marriage. (laughs) Like, I don't think that we ever would have known from the beginning that things would be, I mean, would look anything like what they look like right now. Um, But um, we're actually so thankful for like the rocky start and the breakup and all of that, because everything that God did through it was like so amazing. So um, let me think. Um, early years of marriage, we um, we were married in 2005. And um, um, let's think. Wait, you want to hear about the breakup first? I do. Marriage? Yes. Were you, guys, were you engaged and then you broke up? Well, um, not to Josh. But no, we... Okay. Um, Okay, how far back do I go? It's kind of crazy. Um, and I'll try to give the shorter version. But um, so I, after I graduated from college, I graduated in 98. And I uh, raised support and went to the mission field for three years with Food for the Hungry. And I was doing development work, um, living out in a tribe along the Amazon and working in shanty towns and just like everything that God had been preparing me to do for years. Um, so I was on a three-year term after two years, I came back to Indiana for my brother's wedding. And that is where Josh, um, at the time was living and he had recently gotten saved and, um, he's four years younger. So he had dropped out of college and, um, I was post-college. So he had dropped out of college and joined this internship because he got radically saved and, um, he was at that time, an intern at this church called Muncie Alliance Church, which had been my college church, and my brother went there, and all of our friends, and everything. So I went back for three weeks um, during the summer after two years in Peru uh, for my brother's wedding, met Josh, and just like instantly, I mean, it was like instantly for both of us, just like love at first sight, like in an amazing way. The problem 
one was that I had a Caribbean boyfriend at the time who'd actually come up to the wedding <laughs> to meet this woman. So, um, let's see. Gosh, I, sometimes I feel like I have to go back even further than that, but maybe it'll come up later, some other things. But yeah. Um, so we, um, uh, he ended up going down to Peru during my last year there, did like a mission trip um, and worked at a coffee shop while I was there. Um, and so he was able to see where I grew up because I actually grew up in Peru as well. Um, and um, we almost eloped in Peru. And then I came back off the field, moved to Muncie where he was at the time. He was still an intern at the church and I started working at the church. Um, and then we went through this horrible breakup, which was actually, it was so hard because like for us, like, um, I mean, breakups are hard anyway, but God had really like spoken into it. Like we knew, like God had spoken, like we, that we would get married, like we really knew. And, um, so not only that we had had this like extraordinary love for one another, um, that since I was 13, God had told me, like, you'll know, like, don't date, like, you'll know, like, wow. the man that I have for you when you see him. And I had, like, gone through all of high school and college without dating, like, holding on to that promise. And then finally, I think just right before I got to the mission, I went on the mission field, I started getting, like, impatient. Like, did God really say that? And so I had started dating people. And, um, and, but then when I saw Josh, it really did happen. And I was like, oh my goodness, God really did tell me that when I was 13. Yes. Wow. And um, so it was kind of, it was devastating to then go through this um, breakup period because it was like so wrapped up in like promises that God had for us and like things that he'd really spoken to us, like mm-hmm. during the relationship and um, visions he'd given us of future children. I mean, just like kind of crazy. And so um, but I'll try to move on and keep that part a little brief. I, I think I really, during that time, just had to really trust, like God still had that, but I living, like living and working in the same environment while we were broken up was so hard. So I felt like if I really spoke that, like theoretically, like I could move to the other side of the country and God will still bring us back together. Like that was kind of, that got me through a lot. So I moved out to, um, Seattle where my brother was and I ended up there for two years and so we were broken up during that time um and had like no communication and goodness it was like such a time of like wrestling with like um just kind of like my kind of understanding of like God's voice and who he was and how he could let that happen and was he this big cosmic trickster that had like given me this thing that he promised me and then taken it away and you know yeah well it was um a hard time in that way except when I look back at it it was like so formative to me like for me to like learn to trust God no matter what and um really like no matter what happened, like it just like so strengthened my relationship with God um, as I kind of worked through that with him and learned to hear his voice and learned discernment. And um, I started meeting with a really wonderful Catholic spiritual director during that time who really kind of helped me through it and, um, and a lot of other things as well. And so for me, I felt like it made me so much more like mature in my relationship with Christ and it set the stage for a much healthier marriage because I was not, I didn't have unrealistic expectations of Josh, who was going to be my future husband, because um, I really had such a solid foundation with the Lord. Like by the end of that time, like I just like, he was like who I was so committed to, you know? And um, so from uh, my from my perspective, what was happening to me during those two years, that was just a lot of like spiritual formation. Um, and then for Josh, he um, started um, preaching. So he started um, pastoring a church plant in Indianapolis during those two years. And okay. so he moved to Indy while I was in Seattle. And um, he was learning commitment and responsibility and really just maturing. And um, Mm. so now we see like, it was like such like a divine time that God pointed, you know, and really utilized. Um, 
unfortunately through that whole process, maybe not unfortunately, but I did like get engaged to somebody else. Um, and I think, you know, when I look back, there's a part of me that feels really foolish about it, but I think it's a part of me, like it's natural, like in those kinds of um, circumstances, maybe to make build a theology around our experience with God, especially if we have a sense that maybe he failed us or something. And so the only way I was able to really um, come to terms with with it was to say, well, God, God really did um, had planned that, but Josh chose to be disobedient, which now I wouldn't agree with that. But I think at the time it was like the only thing I knew how to do with only, only thing I knew to do with that, um, to sit with it. And so uh, but I also didn't know the end of the story. So that was the, that was how I could interpret it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the narrative that you had to tell yourself in order to think about the situation. Yeah. yeah. And for me to not feel like God's character had been tarnished or something. Right. But, you know, in those circumstances, you're just trying to make sense of everything. So um, I didn't know the end of the story. And so um, I got impatient. <laughs> and thank the Lord. Um uh, just like this engagement, we called it off. Like at some point, the guy I was engaged to and I like really mutually came to term. Like we just both realized that we couldn't be together. And so um, we broke up very mutually. And um, I wasn't even thinking about trash again at that point. I had really like put it to the pat in the past. And uh, I was just planning to go on the mission field again. <laughs> And I think I always kind of wanted to be a single missionary. I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I, my background is development work. And I started looking at getting my, my master's and, um, and then the Lord just stopped me and he was like, prepare your heart to receive Josh again. And I was like, what? What? (laughs) And I just like, I took that seriously. I took down this like pile of letters, like stacks and stacks of letters we'd written back and forth, um, that last year that I was in Peru and pictures and some memories came back and the love and um and he also the lord also told me like you're gonna hear from him and within the week i got a letter from josh oh my goodness <laughs> i was like what this is so crazy and so um i actually i'm sorry no it wasn't a week it was a crazy time it was like um a month or so um and every day the lord was like this is where it gets a little crazy. I was talking to Josh about this last night. I was like, should I share this? <laughs> but just um, every day, the Lord was so present with me during that time. And uh, I, it was like 40 days from when he said, like, um, prepare your heart to receive Josh. And every single day, God showed me a rainbow. And like, it was, it would be like on someone's t-shirt or in like the spray of like a sprinkler outside or something and like rainbows yeah. are such a symbol for Josh and I like when we um had like first started dating and God was like really promising us so much like in our relationship and um really confirming it and just like we would be talking about our children in the and we were like in the Amazon where I was working and a rainbow would just like show up out of nowhere and just like <laughs> and it was just like God just like had such like really kind of like intricate ways of really confirming a lot of things to us and mm. such a big symbol to us and so I just knew like and every time I would see a rainbow during that time leading up to it the Lord was just like I'm with you I've got this and wow and so at the end of that time like so like 40 days or so um I got a letter from him and immediately it was kind of like I heard about your you know breakup or whatever and I just wanted to know if we could be friends again and I called him right away I was like we can't be friends. What are you thinking? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it just, it's not that easy. Like, who are you now? It's been two years. And so yeah. um, I said, like, you have to come out and see me. Like, let's see what's happened. And he was, he booked a ticket. He was there within the week. We, um, we got together and uh, just, oh my goodness, just shared the stories of what God had done during those two years that we'd been apart. And it was mm. um, so special and so obvious like it was just so obvious like we have to like never see each other again or we need to get married and so yeah um decided to get married so I immediately quit my job he went back to Indy um flew back and then three weeks later flew back again proposed we drove to Indianapolis together um and got married a month and a half later and then all of a sudden we're like pastor and pastor's wife so 
Um, yeah. So that happened like super, like such a whirlwind. So crazy. Um, so (laughs) that's amazing. I'm so glad that you shared that though, because I think as wild and unique of a story as that is, I also feel like it's somewhat common for people to experience a breakup like that before getting married and be like, this is the right person. And sometimes I think that can be helpful. Obviously, like you were saying, that time was so formational and you guys have both seen the Lord's hand in preparing you for marriage. And also just if you are getting married on the younger side, or let's be honest, just like getting married in general is such a big commitment. It can be reassuring, I think, to just know like, yes, this is the person that the Lord has for me. Yes, totally. Yeah. We've realized a lot of our friends, like almost everyone we could think of had gone through like a breakup that was so hard. And then you drag all your friends through it and everything like that. And it's like, yes. sometimes, and we all have those stories and it is right. Really, it is really confirming. And I think God has used all of those with all of us. So hmm. cool. that's amazing. So yeah, you said that then you get back to Indiana and hmm. now you are pastor's wife and you have got married, what you said, like a month and a half after all of this. Oh my goodness. So do you feel like then you said that kind of like set you up for just more of a like peaceful marriage because of some of the formation that you had? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, when we would, um, when we were dating, when we would have sort of like run into like arguments or things that were just like hard conversations, um, we would get into uh, just kind of an impasse and, and we actually would just call it the iceberg. It would just like be this like really insurmountable thing that was like, and when you're not committed to somebody, you kind of don't know if it's even worth getting, like getting through that conversation or difficulty. You're still making decisions about, am I going to like have to live the rest of my life with this person that it's so hard to talk through these things with or whatever. Yes. um, It was so amazing when we first encountered like a difficult conversation or you know, maybe some kind of a confrontation, like he'd hurt my feelings or something. I don't even know like what kind of a thing happened, but we were able to get through it so fast because yeah. like it was there, you know, and yeah. so realized like that's continued into marriage that like somehow like our communication got so much better because the commitment was there and we're like, mm. we've got to work through this and we have to really get to know like get to know one another and get to know good timing and like when is a good time to have these conversations or do you know like kind of like working through all of that and and we yeah really like continue to grow in that but we were just astounded that first year like oh my goodness this is like so much easier than we would have thought and definitely what a gift and yeah because you allowed well I mean you're hearing you say that you allowed the Lord, though it was maybe painful to like work through those years apart and form you and speak to you and teach you more about who he is, then that set you up really to have that like better communication down the road. So obviously you have five children now, which it's funny, I'm laughing as you are talking about like timing of asking questions. That's something I feel like we're in the thick of figuring out. I'll be so excited to talk to him about this thing that has to do with my friend who he doesn't even know. And it's like, yeah, maybe when he gets home, it's probably not the best time to like start telling this story. Yeah. (laughs) But how soon into marriage then did you guys end up getting pregnant with your first? What was kind of your journey into parenthood like from that point? Well, we, um, so when we got married, I was 29 and Josh was 25. So, okay. Um, I, um, it was funny because all of a sudden, well, I'd been told I had endometriosis and so I'd been told by doctors that I wouldn't be able to have children. And, but we knew that like God had told us that we would, but we just kind of expected that it was going to be this long, like really like hard process of being able to have children. And then, um, and we actually kind of thought we would be married for a few years before kind of starting a family. Um, but then I hit 30 and all of a sudden I was like, oh, I need to start having babies. And yeah. well, I didn't know like how, how possible, how easy it would be. And because of, um, my endometriosis, like really bad periods, I'd been on birth control for a long time. Yeah. And, um, 
I kind of um, also thought that would take kind of a while to get out of my system. And I just remember distinctly, like Josh and I were driving home from my parents' house in North Carolina. And I remember just like looking out the window or just listening to music. And the Lord like spoke very clearly. He's like, get the venom out of your body. Like, get it out. And oh so my gosh. I stopped taking birth control. And like, I very immediately got pregnant. No problems, no complications, no period of like fertility or... And it just like felt really miraculous. So I was at um, 30, I think I had hearing when I was 31 or 32. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So in some ways, like comparatively started a family later than, than you and maybe a lot of your listeners. So yeah. That's amazing. I actually feel like you just, what you just said is like almost verbatim what I have said, which is that I have endometriosis we thought it would take, it took my mom, my grandmother, and my auntie all like 10 plus years to get pregnant oh my goodness. Um, on my mom's side. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm 22. We got married when I was 19, but I was still in school. And so we were like, okay, we need to wait a few months so I don't get pregnant before graduating. Yeah. But after that, we decided to just, yeah, I wasn't on birth control because I didn't handle that well. And um, we thought, well, we just like, we'll do natural family planning, but kind of be like loose with it because it's probably going to take a long time. And then yes, yes, got pregnant, like (gasps) basically immediately, which is such a blessing, such a gift, but also so just funny how the Lord works in that. Oh my goodness. Did you, were you pregnant in in college school? Um, I was. I graduated in December of 2019 Mm -hmm. and then I had my oldest daughter, Flora, three months later when my husband was in his second semester of grad school. So yes, originally we had thought like, we'll wait to have our first until, or even to get pregnant until after he was done with grad school. He's a marriage and family therapist. So it was a two-year program, Mm -hmm. but yeah. And we had Flora. And then after that, we had Juliet. So we have two (laughs) and we kind of just decided to just keep going, <laughs> um, which I'm very thankful yes. that that we had that. Did you say your oldest two? Are they pretty close in age? Is that right? So I was um, I was pregnant with Shepherd on Heron's first birthday. Okay, yes, we're 20 months apart. Okay, so yeah. sweet. I love that. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> close. they're good friends. Mm, that that is so special to hear. Ours are 17 months apart. So they can't quite play together yet. Flora um, enjoys hitting Juliet because that gets a reaction of sorts. But I am prayerful that soon they will be able to engage together more. In the world of difference. And we had friends and family members that had had their first two really close together. They said, it's crazy at first. But by the time the youngest is two, Mm -hmm. Easy. <laughs> oh, I love and that. It really does transition and become just like you'll find, oh my goodness, they're playing together. I had 45 minutes to myself. Yes. Oh, yeah. that sounds like a luxury, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I know you shared a bit about like your homeschooling journey um, kind of on Instagram. And I actually listened to an episode of you from Wild and Free. Oh, I think yeah. that was a few years back. Um, and I love that episode. We'll link that in the show notes. But So you had talked about how you kind of first saw yourself as like a single missionary, maybe in part because of um, your upbringing in Peru, which I'd love to hear about if we have time. But now you are, yeah, a mom of five and homeschooling is a huge part of your life. So obviously quite a bit different, but I would just love to hear kind of what led you guys to choose homeschooling and um I just want to hear all all about that, how it's changed for you, what a day looks like for you. I know I just asked you like four questions, but I'm I'm a little excited. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't think that I had imagined homeschooling. I I mean I didn't imagine having a large family either. So, you know, we had Heron and then we had Chef, we had a girl and a boy. We're like, okay, we're done. And then um, we and I I just had one brother, so that felt familiar familiar to me. But Josh came from a family with four kids. He had three sisters, um, and I think he always liked the idea of more. But after we had two close together, we were like so overwhelmed. We're like, okay, we're done. But of course, like God stepped in again, and there was this time he was like, I have another baby for you, 
And I do not even keep track of my cycle. I had no idea. I told Josh, I was like, I, and then that week I got pregnant. I didn't even know. Um, Well, we got pregnant with pear. And then, you know, it's, we'd actually moved out um, to Portland by that point. Um, Portland, Oregon, where we ended up being for eight years. And so when we moved out, I was, we had Heron and I was pregnant with Shepard. And we actually went out for me to pursue uh, a master, like an MFA. Um, And um, it was at the Oregon College of Art and Craft. So it was like in like fiber arts. And um, oh my goodness, that sounds like the coolest degree of all time. I have to hear more about that too. been awesome. No, yeah, it was um it was art and social entrepreneurship. So it was this way to kind of like um combine sort of community development, working with women and making their kind of handcrafts um sustainable and a way to support their families. So totally dream. Um but then um we got there and found out my classes were canceled and um we didn't know anyone, we couldn't find a place to stay and it was like initially a really kind of devastating, confusing time. Um, and yet I was pregnant with my second. So I'd already decided like I really needed to kind of step back and like how many classes yeah. I and everything. And then, you know, through that, God was really just like shaping, shaping me and like um, giving me a new vocation, which was family, you know? And so um, through, I ended up just taking a couple of classes and really like as time progressed, my kids became like what I was to do, you know, and, um, and I kept having more of them. And so, and then we came back to Indiana a couple of times and, um, came in contact with a couple of families that homeschooled and we just could not, um, they were such different kids, you know, there was like really like, man, like they love the Lord and they were really close to each other. And like, they were just really astounding to Josh and I. Like, we just never met any kids like that. We're like, there's something to this homeschooling thing. And so it was already kind of like on my heart just from like families that we'd seen. And that was this commonality. It was like one summer, every family we met, they were homeschooling, you know. Um, so I still was like kind of eager to sort of do my own thing though. And I thought like, but if my kids were in school, I could have my time back. And um well, and I was really kind of ready for that in some ways. But then I was about, Heron was about to go um, on a, like, we were supposed to tour a private school where she was going to start. I don't know if it was like kindergarten or first grade. Um, and the night before the interview, I did not have peace the day before. Um, and I had to call the school and say, I'm sorry. I think God's calling me to homeschool. I'm, we're not going to go to the interview tomorrow. God would just like not let that go, you know? And so, and then I'm such a people pleaser, um, that when the director of the school was talking, he was the one that picked up the phone and I told him about our decision to homeschool. He's like, I'm really sorry to hear that. (laughs) I think you're making a big mistake. (laughs) I really needed to stand up against that and like have courage, you know, in the face of someone telling me it was like a horrible decision. And, um, so that was kind of the start of it. And just like following through in obedience and like God's asking me to do this, like it was already summer. It was already like July or August. I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and in addition to that, he said, so I want you to homeschool. And I also want you to homeschool Lucy, who was uh, a friend, family friend that was going through a hard time. And so all of a sudden I was, I had like a month to prep. I was not only going to be homeschooling my own kids for the first time, Karen and Chef, but also this girl, Lucy. And um, I, but the Lord helped me pull everything together so fast. I went to the store and in one day, like got everything I needed to set up a classroom. Um, We had like a little, I gathered curriculum together. We had a little open house with Lucy's family. I had no idea what I was doing. But because I'm actually like not super organized by nature, um, it forced me to be because someone else's, um, there was another child who was depending on it. And so I really wasn't able to be like loosey goosey, like from the get go, which I would have probably been. Um, so I 
kept great records, which I certainly don't now, but at least we got a really good record. <laughs> um, so that was kind of the introduction. And, you know, every year I kind of like revisit this, like with my kids, like all the time, like, um, do you guys want to keep homeschooling? Yeah. And then now I feel like more than ever, like the kids in prayer, they're like, thank you so much that we get to homeschool. Like, we just love it. And we never even like ask, are we still doing this? It's just so obvious. Like we all love it. We're all thriving in it. And we would never look back. You know, I thought maybe like by high school or something, Heron's going to be sort of in high school next year, sort of eight, sort of nine. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll probably get some help you know, some tutoring help in math or, or composition or something. But other than that, it's just been, we love it so much. Like we would just like not choose anything else. So that's amazing. I love hearing how, first of all, I just love hearing how the Lord speaks to you. And I love what I can tell is that um, you're so receptive to it. And that's just such a good reminder that like he's always speaking and you just seem to be receptive and listening. So um, I love that you feel like you were able to share that he really kind of led you guys into this decision. And we currently have a floor is almost two and Julia is six months. So we're not schooling ages yet, but that's something that we have, I guess, noticed as well. Neither of us were homeschooled, but all a lot of the homeschool families that we've met, um, of course you hear, you know, good experiences, bad experiences. And I always kind of like hearing from adults children who were homeschooled kind of Definitely. the some of the different things because there are so many different ways to do it and every family does it differently but overall we've just heard and seen so many positive outcomes from it mm -hmm. um, one of them being just like getting to spend time with your kids and getting to know them and forming that like closeness mm -hmm. with them my husband was saying that he was talking to someone recently who said, I'm just so sad because I only have one more year with my son before he goes to kindergarten. And it was feeling like I I only have one more year, you know, and just, uh, I don't know. I, the closeness that we have with our kids now, I personally can't imagine not getting to see them for eight hours I a day. And I love that your kids love that so much too. It sounds like it's just been such a positive experience for them. Yeah. Yeah. It really has, I think. And I also love um, that you were willing to share that you're not maybe as organized or maybe that is a skill that you have developed over the years because I think I had this idea in my head of like a homeschool mom and just what that would look like and being, yeah, perfectly organized and having the lesson plans and that is not me. It is something I am growing in as I have to, yeah, coordinate. Right now it's like diapers and snuggle toys and all the things. But um, I think it's neat to hear that because I think that could be encouraging to someone who is interested in homeschooling, but feels like maybe they would have to count themselves out because they don't have a particular personality, you know? Yeah. I actually have a couple of friends that were teachers before and I always thought, oh, you must be an amazing homeschool teacher. But I think for some of them, they've admitted that it's actually been really hard because they were trained to be public school teachers. And for them, it was nothing like homeschooling, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just didn't have anything to compare it to. But I have had to just, like, um, make room for my own personality in the midst of it. And we mm -hmm. also um, – oh, you, you also had asked um, how it's changed over the years. And so even, like, looking back at the beginning, though, there was, like, a lot more organization and structure. Um and I look back at like the blog that I used to do and everything, like the new domestic and all these like resources and like how organized it was and how our schedule was. And it looks nothing, nothing like that now. <laughs> I can't access the part of my brain that was able to figure that out. Like I just, how did this happen? It seems like I should get so much better at those things with time. But, but it's also, I think, finding my own sort of voice and giftings and and getting to know my kids more and how they learn and how each of them learn differently. But yeah. um, at the beginning, we were kind of more like strictly sort of like Charlotte Mason. And um, which um, I just got a lot of like the free sort of, there's a curriculum, a place called Ambleside Online. And we kind of followed a lot of their um, course studies and things like that. Um, but a big, a big part of it is kind of like short, very diverse lessons, like fitting a lot of things like 
into like 10 to 15, a lot of subjects into like 10 to 15 minute chunks, like throughout the morning. That was so good at the beginning. And, um, and I think it's to sort of like build the habit of attention. But I think as my kids have gotten older, we're kind of like more, more, like we want to go deeper and longer in fewer things and then kind of switch things up. So I don't know that there's like a name to it, but I, um, we've started kind of also kind of changing our schedule, living on a farm. We've had to really start, um, living more seasonally. And, um, so I think that's part of what's changed. Like in this last year and a half, that's like really had to change because we, we've had seasonal tasks that kind of have to be done, but they're also learning opportunities. And I needed to just like make way for them. And I realized that if we're trying to do all these other lessons in the morning and then it's lunchtime and then it's quiet time, we're not getting into that other activity until like three in the afternoon. And then it's almost time to start thinking about clean up and dinner. So yeah, had to just say like, we, we kind of have like a sort of a standard school schedule that looks a certain way. We have, um, a preschool schedule when I feel like the younger two really are maybe like acting out and like really need our attention. We'll just say, we're going to do a preschool week. And I really focus on them for the week and the older kids do more kind of independent studies. Mm. And then we have a modified um, school week or sometimes we'll do it for a day. And I've just, it started out just this last year, we were kind of calling it like folk school because I really wanted to make way to actually like learn like, um, all of the stuff that I love doing. And I, if my kids are growing up around the farm, like I want them to, to learn all of those things. And if we're trying to do it after hours, it doesn't really work. But if they're learning it while we're actually doing it, like in that kind of given season, it makes so much more sense. So that just becomes school. And so we'll just, I'll just have my kids like first thing in the morning, just do math um, on their own. Um, when they come down in the morning and then we do breakfast and then we go into, we do our, like, it's right now it's like maple syrup season and it's also to start all of our seeds. And so there's this change in seasons and it's been so wonderful just to allow that to be what our learning is. And then the older kids will read history during quiet time when normally they get to read a little bit like more freely Um, and then journal writing at the end of the day. And so I feel like there's some kind of things that we're actually doing, but then they're kind of recording what they're learning. And um, we allow learning to just look different if it's for that week or maybe just for a day. And so we'll call it school, (laughs) but um, it allows us even, we took like a week just to learn sewing. And I felt like if I'm trying to do this in the afternoon, it's not going to work. We have to take a deep dive in it. We're just sewing for the week. And we set up the whole space um, that we could just let stay messy for that whole week. That's what we did. And so I love that flexibility. Those are the things when I looked back at my own upbringing, like all of the things I learned from my parents, those are the things, those are the things I still love. And those are the things that I actually could make a career out of. Like really, seriously, woodworking with my father and embroidery from my mother and learning to make my own clothes. And so I think it also allows us to, I think for Josh and I, like, We've experienced so much joy from being self-employed that um, I really, if I have any children that want to go to college, that is wonderful if it's required for what they want to do. But we're also like um, so excited if we can give them skills, like they learn to do what they love and they learn to run their own business and they can have that same satisfaction of like um, running their own business, doing what they love with the work of their hands. And so... I have the freedom in homeschooling to make that an emphasis. Like there's a real end goal that's connected to us really diving into these learning activities. And so kind of like um, talking to the kids about things they want to learn and things they want to learn even based on the trajectory they see for themselves. Like Shep, my oldest um, or second, my oldest son, um, he wants to be a missionary pilot like my dad. My dad was a bush pilot in Peru. And Chef wants to do, but, and then Pierre wants to be a missionary in Asia. And those things may change, but at the same time, like, as we talk about, like, what skills would you want to have? Like, what would you want to learn to do those things? They probably will need to go to college. Um, 
And um, but there's still skills like they really want to learn basic building, construction, gardening, things that they really would be able to use in an overseas setting. And so we're giving that opportunity for that. They're going to take a blacksmith class in the spring that they're super excited about. And then wow, fun. And it's like so crafty that we're really um, she has so much time to hone in on her hand skills. And we really want her to learn about like how to run her own business as well. And then maybe that's what she does with her life, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's been fun to see that shift. But I also think that the early years of being a lot more strict with kind of like um, Charlotte Mason, um, goodness, it like built such a love for reading. We love reading. And so there's so much like self-motivation, like the kids really they utilize the books we have around the house. We utilize the library. It's always around, you know? And so they're really, they're able to learn from and kind of teach themselves like things that they're interested in. So I feel like that's come alive. There's just like a, a self-directed um, learning, a lot of that that ends up happening. And it's so fun when you see your kids don't have to be pushed into that. They love learning and they love learning the things that they love, but then they'll also randomly like just be reading some weird math book. Like really you want to read that for fun? Like there's just like a curiosity that's just insatiable that I think was, was like implanted from the very beginning. That's really continued. So yes. And you guys get to foster that, which is so amazing. You get to be in tune with your kids. And I like the way that you talked about the flexibility of your schedules. You have some structure, Mm -hmm. but you're able to play into what is happening, whether that's, you know, seasonally, like on your farm or according to your older kids' interests. I just think that's so amazing. My husband and I both went to public school and it wasn't like this terrible experience at all, but we often talk about how sad it was that like we loved reading. We could read for hours. And at a certain point that there was just no time. There was like so many extracurriculars. We were like running from activity to activity, you know, after eight hours at school of being on our laptops all day. And now we are like really trying to cultivate the desire and attention span to just read again. Um, And so being able to encourage your children in that, I just think is so amazing. I'm so inspired by the way that you guys are setting them up and even talking about the skills, the practical skills and like the opportunity to run their potential businesses or just like start developing those skills earlier, I think is so neat. I have a friend who photographed our wedding and she was homeschooled and she shot her first wedding when she was 14 years old. So by the time she was, I don't know how old she was when she shot our wedding, like 22 or 23. I mean, she had been doing it for years. She was so talented, just knew how to do everything. And so, um, I love, yeah, I'm so excited to see what your kids end up doing with just kind of the opportunities that you guys have provided within your home and then within your homeschool structure. Yeah, there's actually, Josh and I, when we were living in Portland, we realized that some of like the most creatively gifted people that we come into contact with that were part of our church out there had been homeschooled as well and also started their own businesses kind of and just really got, were able to dive into their craft in a deep way while they were still in high school. Yeah. I think maybe in several of those cases, they had chosen to not even go to college and not have the debt, you know? Uh, yes. so a lot more freedom to really enter into their, you know, creative pursuit. Um, but I think it's been so important to just like to pay attention to, you know, what my kids are into and how they learn. I think at first I would just realize like maybe like what we were doing in homeschool didn't feel like it was working. And I would just like want to switch everything up right away. And like this curriculum isn't working. And I would just like throw in the towel and try something new. And I think it's, um, and the kids almost like never knew what they were going to get or, um, and I have some kids that like a little more structure and some that like less. And I think somehow this kind of like intuitive, like, here's what we need for this week, but not let, but there's still some kind of structure and parameter to it has been really cool. Cause I think it like fits the needs of all of my kids and the various personalities that they're still like at times something that looks more like academic learning 
and at times something that's more outside or looks more like hands-on learning, you know? Yeah. And I think it's able to kind of keep everybody like engaged. So yeah, I love that you are seeking to be in tune with them and catering towards each of them because I think that's another potential hang up that some people might have that's I guess a concern is like how can you balance um paying attention and meeting the needs of all of your children and it sounds like you guys have kind of figured out just some different options not like this is the one system but you have the option to spend more time with the younger kids or help the older kids and whatever they're doing so I love that thanks for listening to another episode of love in a cottage I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you liked today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.